It's Friday, October 26th, and this is The Daily Dive. Investigators are plowing through clues and looking for motives in the latest pipe bomb scare that has targeted prominent Democrats and critics of the president. Officials warn that more bombs may be found and are still trying to determine if they were capable of detonating. Lauren Meyer, reporter for Axios, joins us to discuss the latest details and where investigators think they may have originated from. Florida. Next, Disney World has a big secret they don't want you to know about. It is a favorite spot for people to scatter family ashes. Disney fans say treating the park as a final resting place is the ultimate tribute, and some say it could happen at least once a month. Eric Schwartzel, reporter for The Wall Street Journal, joins us for details on how people sneak in the ashes and what the most popular ride is to spread them on. Hint, it's the spookiest ride in the park. Finally, it seems that Megyn Kelly's time at NBC is over. After doing a segment about offensive Halloween costumes on her show, she defended wearing blackface as not racist, saying that when she was a kid, it was okay as long as you were dressing up like a character. The backlash was quick and she apologized. My producer Miranda joined me for what happens next, the fight over millions of dollars in her contract. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. We are investigating all of this with great precision. And I can say with certainty that we will identify and arrest a person or people responsible for these acts. Joining us now is Lauren Meyer, reporter for Axios. So we're continuing to follow this story of all these bombs that were sent in the mail. The total number now is 10 devices that have been found so far to a lot of high profile Democrats. The latest ones that we found were sent to Joe Biden and Robert De Niro, of all people. He has criticized the president. Let's start there. What do we know about the latest devices that have been found? Authorities are treating all of these devices like live explosives. So law enforcement officials are now working across the country to track down this person or people responsible for sending all of these suspicious packages. So Thursday morning, we know that actor Robert De Niro received one of these packages. It was intercepted by someone on his security detail who happens to be a retired New York police officer and noticed the similarity in these packages and he was actually able to call the bomb squad directly to get this handled as quickly as possible. We also know that two packages were sent to or were at least addressed to former Vice President Joe Biden. They were discovered at Delaware postal facilities and were removed late Thursday morning. I think the investigation now has centered in on Florida. They think that a lot of the packages might have originated out of there. They've now concluded that all 10 were likely sent through the mail. And a similarity across all of these packages is that the return address was the office of Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Of course, the name was also Miss. Spelled, but there are a lot of similarities that we're seeing with all of these packages. They each had about thick first-class stamps on them. They were very heavily taped in manila envelopes lined with bubble wrap. All the mailing labels were printed on a computer. So the bottom line here is that fortunately no one was hurt, but authorities are still unsure of why these bombs seemingly to be structured similarly to pipe bombs didn't go off. And now the question is whether that was because of their intention to simply incite fear and not harm, or if there was a technical flaw that prevented it from going off. Experts have said that 
because the devices did not go off, there is a treasure trove of forensic clues that they can look at, anything from DNA to fingerprints. And that's obviously where the investigation is starting. I mean, they're even looking at video when the packages first made it into the postal system. You know, everything is tracked by video when it starts in the postal system. So they're trying to like retroactively go back to see where it started and if there's any video of a person maybe dropping it off or something. It's almost like they're trying to start from the end of the construction of the device and work their way back. So for now, the packages have either arrived or are still being sent to Quantico, the FBI lab in Virginia. And what they're going to try to do is trace this evidence that could include DNA or fibers found on the packages, fingerprints on the back of the stamps or on the tape. They'll begin disassembling these packages and attempt to trace them back to their sender. And so now they're going to try and see whether the constructor of these seemingly pipe bombs, whether they left some sort of signature, whether they left some sort of error in the wiring, and maybe that was sort of their trace. So there are a lot of clues that investigators now have to put together. They just have a big puzzle ahead of them. And we learned a little bit more about the devices themselves. They said they were made out of PVC pipe covered with black tape. They each had like a small battery, some wires, maybe some broken glass for maximum damage. But is there anything else that they've told us about these devices specifically? Authorities have been releasing very few details about the specifics of these devices. They're saying that these are capable of being live explosives. Whether or not they are is still unclear. We know that they have taken x-rays of these explosives and are examining those and are going through these wirings and the batteries and the overall material that these are constructed from. It's hard to ignore who the targets are. These are all high-profile Democrats and uh, critics of the president, the administration. How has the president been responding? The president has largely been punting the blame off of himself and his rhetoric and back onto the media. So although we saw a different Trump rally from his normal show on Wednesday night, it was absent from the locker up chant while he was speaking or fake news references as he points back at the end of the room and criticizes the media and the crowd goes wild. He did, however, at that rally, call for the media to unite the country. He also tweeted on Thursday, again, blaming the media for this. He said that a very big part of the anger that we see in our society is caused by basically fake news and that it's gotten so bad that it's beyond description. So what we see here is something very standard of the president uh, these days is that he is not wanting to take the blame for himself. I would imagine that he would be pretty fearful that it could impact him in the midterms if he were to really embrace the the blame for this and punting it back to one of his easiest targets, which is the media. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. The investigation is ongoing. I know details are going to be coming in and changing every day. And the manhunt is on to see who or what group might have sent these out. Thank you very much. Lauren Meyer, reporter for Axios. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I heard so many examples that I can safely say that human ashes have been spread all over these parks. The Haunted Mansion is definitely the most popular destination, but It's a Small World also had quite a strong showing. Space Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean. Joining us now is Eric Schwartzel, reporter for The Wall Street Journal. We found your article and I loved it immediately. And this is one of those things I never knew. I grew up in Southern California. 
So Disneyland was one of those places we went to all the time. It holds a special place in my heart. I, I just, I really do love Disneyland. And when they say it's the happiest place on earth, I really enjoy being there. And I agree with that. But this article that you wrote is just so, it's a little creepy, but also makes so much sense. And it's this big secret that Disneyland and Disney World have. It's a favorite spot for people to scatter their family's ashes. And they have these different code words for different cleanups that they have. And they have a specific one related to this. Tell us about this. That's absolutely right. And I'm so glad to hear you say that it made a lot of sense to you. It made a lot of sense to me, too. It was not something I'd ever thought about. But whenever I heard that this was a popular place to spread ashes, it was like, oh, of course. People love going to Disneyland. It makes sense that some would want to spend eternity there. And when I started talking to the custodians who work in both parks, they told me, oh, yes, it's very much a thing. There have always been these rumors about it, but it does happen. Happen. And it's so much to the point that they have a code word for it. They say it's a HEPA cleanup. So if you are a worker who sees what you suspect are human ashes, maybe left on the seat of a ride or something like that, you radio over and you say, we have a HEPA cleanup. And that means you need to grab the hypoallergenic vacuum because the custodians will then come by. And if they do indeed identify the substance as human ashes, they will suck them up in a vacuum and clean it up while everyone you know, leaves the premises and goes on to other rides before they can come back. Disney custodians say that it happens about once a month that they actually notice it. It could be happening a lot more. So that's a lot of frequency. We were talking about uh, really quick about how much it makes sense that people would want this to be part of their final resting place. In the article, you, you detail somebody who said that they would go to Disneyland with their dad and he worked like the graveyard shift. But when he was at Disneyland, he was a completely different person, happy go lucky. And she was like, can we stay here forever? So it, it really means something to a lot of people to be in this location. Give us a couple examples of how people are spreading these ashes. Like what are they doing? Uh, you know, where are they doing it? All that stuff. I spoke with six families who have spread ashes at Disney parks, and they do follow a bit of a pattern. They know they're not supposed to do it, so <laughs> they have to get creative. Several of them smuggled the ashes in prescription pill bottles. You know, I would talk to one woman who said, you know, she had the very surreal experience of emptying her father's urn in the hotel bathroom into a pill bottle that she could then <laughs> smuggle past park security. Wow. Others will simply put them in Ziploc bags and put them at the bottom of a purse or a knapsack that that's gotten through security as well. And then once they're inside, if they want to maybe spread it on a specific ride, they might wait until the ride gets particularly dark so no one sees them. Other times, they'll just go to a flower bed or a part of the park that doesn't seem like there are a lot of people around. Now, I did speak with one woman who's in the story who in 2009 spread the ashes of her mother. And at one point, while she was doing it, she was sort of overcome with grief and she hopped over the barricade surrounding the lawn outside Cinderella's castle and ran across the grass Flinging them as she ran. Wow. I mean, it's a pretty dramatic statement. And she says no one stopped her. And I have photos of this. It's there in the I story, you know? So so it definitely happened. And so it's like, wow, if, if someone running across Cinderella's lawn flinging ashes doesn't get noticed, I mean, I can't imagine how many people <laughs> do this and never get caught. But you're right that in talking to custodians, the consensus that I arrived at was that it happens about once a month. But I've heard stories of it happening more frequently. I've right. heard stories of there being some downtime where they might not have one for a while. But in my story alone, I had six examples ranging from 1996 to last week. How did you find these people? 
like how did they come forward? I mean, I, I think the parka says that if anybody is caught doing this, they'll be escorted off property. But I don't think there's been any arrests or anything related to this. So how did these people come forward to you? There haven't been any arrests that we know of. The Anaheim Police Department says they couldn't recall any arrests being made on this kind of thing. You know, the people that I spoke to, they were pretty public about the fact that they had spread ashes at Disney. So it's probably it a point just- of pride at, the, you know, at this point. Yeah, it's a point of pride. It's also, I should say, like, even though I think most of them found a bit of a bit of humor in the whole act, they they definitely it was an extremely emotional experience and something that they also saw and interpreted as honoring their loved one's final wishes. So it was something that they were really touched by and, and actually quite eager to share with me. You've touched a little bit on where they spread these ashes a lot of times, flower beds, bushes, on the lawns, outside even in the park gates. <laughs> I love the quote. Someone said that the haunted mansion probably has so much human ashes in it that it's not even funny. And that's one of those places, obviously, we know what the haunted mansion ride is all about. It, mm-hmm. It's spooky and whatnot. And it's like the perfect places to drop the ashes. It gives it all new meaning. You know, the next time I'm going to be there, I'm going to be like trying to look for human ashes there. Well, I take that as the ultimate compliment. I mean, I think, yes, I heard... So many examples that I can say safely say that human ashes have been spread all over these parks. The Haunted Mansion is definitely the most popular destination, but It's a Small World also had quite a strong showing. Right. Base Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean, I mean... Really, if you think about it, there have probably been human ashes spread there. And I don't quite know why the the Haunted Mansion is so... I mean, obviously, it's on theme, right, for the practice. But in talking to people who work in the Haunted Mansion, they describe just a sort of general obsession among certain fans with the Haunted Mansion. I also think that it's probably strategically a pretty good spot because it's very dark. And there are a lot of places where you can sort of inconspicuously do it. Knowing this now gives all these rides new meaning. When they find ashes and they have to go through the process of locating it, cleaning it up, they'll close the rides and say they're closed for technical difficulties. And I've always I've seen rides close for technical difficulties before. It could be something mechanical, but this is also one of those other reasons. So what's that process when they identify what they think it is and then how do they go through about cleaning it? So this is a process that'll kickstart on rides like the Haunted Mansion. So say a ride comes around, people leave, and they see some, what they think are are human ashes on the seats. They will clear out the premises. They'll radio over for a HEPA cleanup. They often do tell people that there are technical difficulties that they need to attend to. And then they will hand out fast passes to people because, you know, you're standing in line for an hour and then suddenly they say the the ride has to shut down and you have to leave. You got to give them something or else people are going to get upset. So then the, the vacuums come in, they suck it up, you know, and a manager will often ride the ride by themselves so that they can look and see, like, are there any ashes anywhere in the ride that we need to go and identify and and sweep up and then resume business? A number of the people I spoke to also dumped ashes in the water of these rides, like on Pirates and on It's a Small World. So the water, I think, is probably a pretty impossible place to to discover it. You're not going to see that, especially on some of those darker rides. Yeah, I mean, it's a really fun read. It's perfect for Halloween. Eric Schwartzel, reporter for The Wall Street Journal, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, thank you. And if you do see any ashes on the Haunted Mansion, please call me so I can do a (laughs) follow-up. I definitely will. Great, thank Thank you. you. Political correctness and Halloween costumes. 
And that conversation turned to whether it is ever okay for a person of one race to dress up as another, a black person making their face lighter or a white person making theirs darker to make a costume complete. I defended the idea, saying as long as it was respectful and part of a Halloween costume, it seemed okay. Well, I was wrong, and I am sorry. Joining me now is my producer, Miranda. Everybody's saying that it's over for Megyn Kelly at NBC. Her 9 a.m. Today show, uh, Megyn Kelly Today, is going to be canceled. They're contacting the staff and reassigning everybody. They've all been told that they still have a home there. It just won't be on Megan's show. What do we know about her departure? First, we know that she made some insensitive comments this week that I'll get to in a minute, but that this cancellation of Megan Kelly today isn't altogether a surprise. She had been in the last few weeks meeting with the top people at NBC to find out if there was some other home for her on the network because clearly this Megyn Kelly morning show was not working for her. It's not really part of her brand and it's not her strength to be doing like housewife makeovers. The ratings weren't there also. I know the ad revenue wasn't there. There was a lot of rumors about just behind the scenes. She wasn't getting along with a lot of people there at NBC. So it didn't seem like a happy situation from the get-go. Earlier this week, she was talking about Halloween costumes with an all-white panel on her show, and one person brought up the campaign to discourage inappropriate and offensive costumes. And when Megyn Kelly asked, you know, what's racist? Because truly, you get in trouble if you're a white person and puts on blackface at Halloween or a black person who puts on whiteface for a Halloween. And she goes on to say, back when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up like a character. And there was an immediate outcry on right. social media. And they were talking about one of the housewives of New York who dressed up as Diana Ross. She put on a lot of bronzer or something like that to darken up her skin. It wasn't like a full on caricature of blackface or anything like that. But it is insensitive. I just feel like everybody knows it's not okay. And she was trying to be, you know, counterbalance that political correctness, trying to say everybody gets up in arms about these things. And when I was a kid, it was okay because we were playing characters and we knew that was what was the purpose of those things. And I think part of her issue is that she doesn't think real people get mad about these things. I think she thinks this is like a media echo chamber where yeah. media says it's bad and other media says it's bad and everybody's saying it's bad. But like you and I, she thinks you and I are at home saying, who cares about blackface? <laughs> right. No, this is an issue to many, many people, especially people of color. And Al Roker pointed that oh, out. Man. They did very in-depth coverage all week, criticizing her and explaining to the viewers that 0% of the NBC workforce is behind these comments. Yeah, I mean, Ronan Farrow's working on a book about the culture of what's going on at NBC after the whole Weinstein thing. So they want to make sure that they're addressing this with all the power that they have. And as you said, Al Roker even said that Megyn Kelly owes a bigger apology to folks of color around the country, meaning the apology that she made to NBC staff and on the air was not enough. The next thing now is uh, later today, lawyers for Megyn Kelly are going to speak to representatives from NBC. They're going to have some type of showdown over the fate of her contract and the money she's due. What we do know is that if she were to leave, she is looking at potentially a $50 million payoff of her contract. NBC has been paying her $25 million a year. She's got a year and 10 months left. And her lawyer is going to argue that she gets paid her full remaining salary or they threaten a lawsuit. And they're going to use precedent 
like Luann on the New York Housewives dressing in blackface, which is an NBC property. They're going to use old homophobic comments by MSNBC anchor Joy Reid that were surfaced and she didn't get punished. Yeah, they're going to say she was unfairly targeted, that there's a lot of hypocrisy going on there. Right now, the reporting is that the Megyn Kelly Today program is done. They're not saying that she's fully fired yet, but they had her slated for election night coverage. But who's going to want to sit on the same stage with her? Thank you, Miranda. Thanks, Oscar. All right, that's it for this week. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on Twitter and Daily Dive Podcast on Facebook. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow The Daily Dive on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Daily Dive is produced by Miranda Moreno and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this was your Daily Dive.